Hi, this is Mike McNamara, and you're listening to All Marine Radio on your home for it, the one and only All Warrior Radio Network. Friday, Mike McNamara with you. Armour and Radio. Yup, 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 yup. Hope you're having a fine Friday so far. First official Friday of the summer. After Memorial Day weekend. That's right. So you uh, Midwesterners can get after it. Go back up to the lake. That's right. Always found it odd that there was only one lake in the Midwest. Where are you going? I'm going to the lake. Oh, which lake would that be? Oh, yeah, that. Um, so, um, yeah, that's how that goes. Um, so, good morning to you on a Friday. The chef's going to join me along with Greg Lotus here in a few minutes. Um, yeah, my life gets busy here pretty quick. Uh, headed up to Montana on Tuesday. Back on Wednesday evening. Uh, back up on Sunday. Home later in the week. And then to Hawaii on Friday. So, um... Yeah, that's how that goes. But uh, looking forward to it, doing a whole bunch of post-traumatic winning stuff. Yeah, so I'm excited about that. Want to check some news headlines. So check some news headlines before uh, uh, the chef and uh, Greg come on. Um, Top story in Stars and Stripes is, uh, so obviously a slow news day, Um, getting ready to honor um the anniversary of uh 
the American and Allied invasion of Normandy. So coming up uh, on Sunday. So uh, let's see, 1944, what is it, 80 years in 2024? So it's uh, 56 and 20, no, my math, right? So 50 and 6 gets you to 2,000. And then, so that's 56. And then add another 21. So that would make it the 77th anniversary. I think. My math, right? 77th anniversary. Wow. So uh, that in the news. Uh, USNI News has a pretty interesting little story about um, about the Iranian Navy, uh, the loss of the ship, um, Karg, it, it, that was a replenishment oiler, catches fire on the evening of June 1st, right? It's the third ship the Iranian Navy has lost since 2018. The crew battled the fire with only 33 injured and no deaths, but could not save the ship. In the end, only the sea could extinguish the flames. The card burned for hours before slowly listing to starboard and sinking stern first within sight of the Iranian port of Josk. And it's a pretty cool little picture they have here. And they zoom out, give you kind of a sense of where this is. The cargo also acted as a training vessel, carrying anywhere from 300 to 400 naval cadets. There are reports that at the time of the accident, the cargo had 400 cadets aboard and were set to join a training exercise with the Russian Navy. The sinking is the latest in a series of serious mishaps affecting the Iranian Navy in the last three years. The light frigate Damavand, the flagship of Iran's Caspian fleet, ran aground. The ship, which was less than three years old, was damaged beyond repair. That ain't good. Yeah, when you run aground. Uh, in May of 2010, the support vessel Conorak was accidentally struck by a missile fired by an Iranian light frigate. The misfire killed 19 sailors, the superstructure was destroyed, and although the hull could be towed to port, the ship was lost. The cargo incident this week is the third time in recent years that the Iranian Navy has lost a vessel due to an accident. Iran's sectarian maritime force, the Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps Navy, the RGC Navy, suffered their own incident in July. A large target barge designed to resemble a U.S. Navy Nimitz-class carrier sunk while being towed back to base. The wreck of the mock carrier posed a danger to naval to navigation and drifted 
with the tides just outside the Bondar Abbas naval base, almost blocking the entrance. Eventually, they were able to tow what was left into the harbor. Pretty amazing, huh? Yeah, so the Iranian Navy, not so, uh, not so much. Um, there's a story. Um, I would tell you the most significant story of the day, and then we'll move on to other things. Um, comes from Business Insider, I think. So if you go to that website, there's a story about damage control in the United States Navy and a GAO report. And um, big news today is the uh, jobs report, the economy, blah, 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 blah. So that in the news. I'll get to that in a second, right? But there's a story about U.S. Navy and being able to do damage control. And... uh, the website's called businessinsider.com, written by a guy named Ryan Pickrell. Headline, the U.S. Navy is not ready to repair ships damaged in a great power fight with China or Russia, according to a watchdog report. So I'd like to see the report. A government watchdog reports... The U.S. Navy is not ready to repair major battle damage. The service put decreased emphasis on maintaining this capability after the Cold War. The GAO argues that great power rivalries in this century require a revival of this capability. Yeah, and again, I don't think you have to look any further than what happened with the Bonhomme Richard in port in San Diego. And so I'd be curious to look at this. In fact, we'll do a we'll do a program on this. And but it's it's very interesting because again, this is the hardest thing you do at sea when you have an explosion that uh, the damages your, your ship substantially. So to me, it's kind of interesting, given some of our discussions yesterday about the Iranian Navy, um, the damage control, you know, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. So um, just real quick, the Wall Street Journal, um, there's big economic news out today. Um Headline, pickup in May hiring adds to labor market recovery. COVID-19 deaths have fallen to the lowest point since March of 2020. How about that? Unemployment rate fell to 58 Hiring in the United States picked up in May, signaling a moderate improvement to the labor market's recovery from the pandemic as businesses struggled to fill job openings. U.S. employers added 
559,000 jobs last month, the Labor Department reported today, up from a revised 278 jobs in April. The unemployment rate was 5.8 in May compared with 6.1 the month previous. The jobs picture last month represented an uptick from April, April, but reflected a, a labor market that is recovering this spring at a slower pace than earlier in the year. So, and again, much, you, I'm sure you've seen the stories, but much has been written about, um, about the enhanced unemployment benefits and how people don't aren't going back into the job market. So that kind of an interesting little economic wrinkle. You don't see that very much. So uh, on this Friday morning, good morning, Greg Lotus and Kim Holmes will join me next. Um, Whitney Houston, it is Friday, makes it official. Good morning to you. And uh, this is uh, dedicated to everybody headed out to the lake. Right, be careful. Have a great time. Right, God bless you. Don't be a jackass.
You're betraying your whole life if you don't say what you think. And you don't say it honestly and bluntly. What keeps you awake at night? Nothing. I keep other people awake at night. For this campus had prepared him well. <clears throat> I'm very confident that, thank you very much. <clears throat> if this was vodka, it'd be a lot better speech. <clears throat> But I'm not supposed to glamorize alcohol anymore. So, young folks, you ignore what I just said. We just have to execute. And we are executing every day. And Sergeant Major and I are very proud of what you do. Doesn't mean we can't get better. We don't, we don't want to make a mistake to learn. We don't want to lose to learn. We cannot lose if we have to go fight. We got to do what these Marines did here 75 years ago. Persevere against difficult challenging conditions and odds and win. You gotta win. Alright, a quick look at the weather in Quantico. It's cloudy in 75. Camp Lejeune raining in 72. Marine Corps Base 29 Palms. It's sunny in 87 already. At Camp Pendleton, it's partly sunny in 62. Camp Smith in Hawaii, dark cloudy in 72. Okinawa, dark cloudy, dark raining and 81 in Darwin on the northern coast of Australia. It is dark cloudy 77 and in Norway partly sunny 79 but currently at the home of All Marine Radio mostly cloudy in 63. We're headed to 70 today but the weather story of the morning is Grand Forks, North Dakota where <laughs> Greg Lotus and Kim Holmes are it's 89 degrees at 10 19 in the morning what in the hell is going on <laughs> what's going on boys you got your AC fired up for the day oh yeah well, lay on the heat baby I hope so Greg first uh, of all uh, good morning to you Kim good morning to you how you guys doing Good, good. good. I've, I've had my AC on since about uh, mid, mid-April. <laughs> yeah, Greg, Greg <laughs> does, both, just Greg. for the record, man, Greg does not do heat. No. The uh, So what's going on up there? I, th- I thought, so I fire up the news, and I don't normally do this before you guys come on, but I thought, well, you know, I'm giving the current temperatures. I can do Grand Forks. And I look and I see 89 degrees, right? Humidity. Although the humidity is only 30%, which is nice, Um, uh, because it can be much higher. Uh, I think that must be the high for the day. So then I go to another website, and it says, no, 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 (laughs) no. I think that's going to be the high for the day. And I go to another website, it says 90. I'm like, what in the hell is going on? No, it's actually, it's supposed to be, they revised it now. It's supposed to be 99 or 100 um, by 4 o'clock. And the humidity is nice because it's only 30%. But, you know, for people that there was a great tweet from a UND hockey player uh, that came from, I don't know, somewhere underneath a uh, state, uh, maybe south of Missouri. And he texted a picture of yesterday's high temp, uh, today's and tomorrow's, and it was 95 <clears throat> 99 and 100 and said I was told I would not have to deal with this (laughs) and if you think about it if you think about it Mac for the people that 
for the people that don't know about Grand Forks, I think we hit um, the lowest temperature we hit with wind chill this winter was minus 59 degrees. And so when you go to 100, it's almost the temperature setting of an oven, a, a difference of 160 degrees from <laughs> summer to winter. So wow. I don't know how animals survive uh, <laughs> because it is hotter than two hedgehogs fucking in a wool sock in the middle of a forest fire. Honest to God. <laughs> Good one, Greg. Yeah, that is, uh, that's impressive. I have to tell you that you don't see. And where did it come from? I mean, because uh, you haven't seen a heat wave on the West Coast, so where, how did this thing get to North Dakota? Because North Canada, <laughs> fucking Canadians, man, they do it all the time. No, there hasn't. I mean, you haven't. Been, I haven't. I, I, in fact, so it's just like because normally, you know, weather in the central part of the country comes from the western side of the country. So you would see it in yeah. Vancouver would have had record high temperatures. Seattle would have had. Record high temperatures, yep. or it would have come from the southwest, would have, which would have mean the west coast, Denver, that area, and kind of migrated north. But I haven't seen any of that. How did this like spont? How did a hundo spontaneously happen in North Dakota? I don't get it. Well, I think one of the one of the reasons, Mac, is because we did not have a lot of snow um, this winter, and so in the spring. The soil heated up very fast. Farmers got in the field, tilled it up. So in a lot of, whether it be Montana, Idaho, Wyoming, areas like that, um, that black soil just brings out heat. And I think that's one of the explanations that they used uh, was that it's like almost like in a vacuum as far as a vortex is concerned. We have polar vortexes, but this is more of a heat one. Uh, due to the surface area and stuff is the way they explained it. I don't know if it's true, but that's the way they explained it. Yeah, it's weird. Weird. I got to tell you, I was shocked. I was shocked when I saw it. So, hey, good luck up there today, boys. The um... hey. <laughs> I'm not leaving the house. <laughs> now, you and me both, Greg. Why? Now, Greg, where does your hatred for heat come from? Is it just being outside hot playing football? Yeah, I mean, when you have a helmet and shoulder pads on and you have two-a-day practices, so basically you start at, you know, 8.30, 9 o'clock in the morning in Long Island, which the humidity is just a beast in the summer, and you go for two hours, then you have lunch and meetings and you go out there again, um, it's not fun, you know? It's just not fun with a helmet on because you can't, escape and everything else you can spray water and do all this stuff plus the level of activity um i would rather much rather play in the cold you can dress in the cold for the cold uh even though we didn't wear sleeves or anything but um you know i have no problem playing in the in the teens or whatever uh, because you're running around and as a big fella uh, over 300 pounds, it kind of regulates your temperature a bit. So, but when it's uh, summertime and and uh, going into the fall, and you get those hot days, the fact is they don't they don't like that stuff. Yeah, for good reason. For good reason. Yeah. I, uh, Kim, how about you? I mean, you like the hot weather though. I do like it. 
as long as baby Shamu has a swimming pool within 15 feet. Oh, so. and, and, and then and then Shamu is in the water. He gets out, and by the time he gets out, he's dry. So I jump back in, and uh, that's how I handle the heat. Otherwise, uh, I'm right here with Greg. Uh, I'm inside. We we drove. I had an eye appointment to get an eye injection in my right uh, eyeball yesterday. And uh, so we drove down. We, it was a nine o'clock appointment. And uh, we drove down and got out at 1030. Then I went to my favorite bakery down there. Gal used to work for me. And then uh, we drove home. So as we're driving home, the friggin' air conditioner doesn't work. Oh. And it's in the 80s by then. And I'm going, what the fuck? And, and uh, I, 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 I got wet. I mean, I was sweating. I, I'm just sitting in the goddamn car with the window down. Uh, it was still a mother. And uh, we got home. <laughs> I got naked, just laid on my bed and, and dried off. And... Uh, but uh, it wasn't a big deal to most people, but it was to me. Yeah, you know, when you're not planning on losing your air conditioning and you lose it, that's yeah. not – normally you just sit in the car and you enjoy the ride, right? Now nah, we're, yes. do, we're doing it like 1965 style. We got the window down. Yeah, yeah that's that, right. <laughs> that, the, 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 Red, the Red River baseball team left for – state yesterday to go to Mandan and had to pull over at Hillsborough because the bus did not have AC. <laughs> oh, so God. what what were they doing in Hillsborough? Well, that's that's how far they couldn't take it anymore, so they had to call another bus. <laughs> <laughs> Suck it up. Take your water bottle, sit in the heat. Come on, it's only three and a half hours. You'll no, that's, that's a lot longer than three and a half hours. Mandan? Yeah, on a bus. Yeah. How long is the bus trip? Well, it'll be four and a half at least. Yeah, I yep. guess you're right. If you, go, right. if you go the speed limit. Well, no, because you got road construction from everywhere in the God's green earth around here, you know? Oh, really? Yeah. We went through 20 minutes of road construction. Where it was just two lanes going south on twenty nine yesterday. Yeah, uh, that's right by Hill, that's right by Hillsborough, and it yep, sucks. Hillsborough's almost to uh, Fargo, and uh, it was still sixty five, but it didn't matter. We didn't have air you conditioning. <laughs> Hillsborough, Hillsborough, where Greg's banned from hunting for life. Hey, how no, did I'm not. How did, no, I am not. how did that thing ever ultimately? Uh, turn out. Greg got into it. It was just, it was just one jackass. That's all it was. I'm not banned from anything. The guy was a dick. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. The um. All right. Um. I got a. I sent. I. I think I sent both you guys a picture of my insert into my um into my green egg. That is a vertical wall, so you can compartmentalize the charcoal. Yep. Yeah. And I have to tell you that that thing uh, is that thing's awesome. 
Oh, it's for uh, indirect cooking. Well, so if you don't have, so, you know, the green egg comes with the, you know, it, it looks like an egg, right, with the small end of the egg down. Okay, so now if you're going to cook, as Kim recommends that you cook, and that is charcoal on one half, right, and open side so you can use indirect heating on the other half. So what you do is you kind of build a charcoal, the half with charcoal has to be buttressed by the sidewall, right? Because there is no vertical wall. So in one of our um, in one of our discussions, um, I just started doing accessories, you know, and charcoal accessories for grills. And oh my God, I was blown away. And so um, I. Um, what did I do? And I don't know. Well, it's you're a genius a mar- invention a, to do that. You're a mar- but Mac, you're a marketing and sales manager's dream. Yeah, I am. <laughs> you know, I am. But yeah. let me just tell you, you stick this thing in, and it is. Uh, it looks like a Jewish. What's that thing they call it with, with the candle thing? Menorah. Yeah. Yep. It looks like it looks like a menorah. I'm not gonna lie to you, but I so but what it allows you to do now is just pack all the charcoal vertically, and so it's even across the top, and you get you get hotter, and I feel like I just kind of really actually started using the egg the way it was invented. But if they wanted it to work like this, then they should have given you this. I think as no, part of the, the package. Amen. Amen. That's the that's the point. They give you the bare necessities, and then you go to the website and you start just clicking off shit, <laughs> and then it arrives at your home. The you know you're right. For forty seven dollars, you yes you Whoa. can have the vertical insert, and I, and so I want to tell you I I made uh, filet mignon for my daughters again uh, with bernet sauce and baked potatoes and asparagus. Oh my god. My daughters were like losing their minds. Well, it's asparagus season right now, which is, I mean, you can't even compare it. It's like a, it's like a tomato from the garden versus a tomato from the store. That's yeah. asparagus from the garden. It is so much better. And when you, it's one of the easiest things to cook because all you do is put olive oil, salt and pepper, and maybe four or five minutes on the egg. And it gets a little bit of a char, but the inside's nice and soft. And the only bad thing about asparagus is that when you go pee, you think you died. Yeah, what is that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's not just once. It's for the rest of the day. Your asparagus, oh, yeah. your pee smells or like not. asparagus. <laughs> what, what is yeah. that? What chemical is that? Anybody know? I don't know. But it reeks. <laughs> it does reek. It, it absolutely it absolutely positively reeks the um uh no but uh, again i I'd, I'd say this i feel like that insert now because what it did was for half the grill it raises the temperature and and now you can do actually do the searing piece of it and you don't have to kind of trick it because you got to the hottest charcoal was near the edge of the grill because it, yeah. you don't have this so 
So do you have any gadgets that you would tell that? Let me tell you that and the digital meat thermometer, because the two fillet, even the two fillets were a little bit different. One was a little bit thicker than the other that the girls brought. And, uh, man, let me just tell you that thing is that digital meat thermometer is money. Money. So when, when are you pulling off your fillets? I just want to hear the temp. Um, I've, I pull them off at one thirty, and then they sit for, for 10 minutes and they get to one between one thirty-five and one forty. So it would be medium rare to medium in there. Yeah. See, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm way more of a one twenty, one twenty-five guy. Oh, you're a raw Me guy. Me too. I pull them off yeah. at one twenty. Well, here's what I yeah. know. Here's what I noticed. I noticed that my, in my opinion, my my meat thermometer it runs a little bit low, so I, I I had to I I used to pull them off at rare, right, and then let them get to medium rare, and I found yeah. that they were still a, I think I really pulled them off at like raw, and then they got to rare, and so what I wanted was rare to medium rare, so I think I'm kind of in that little happy spot right there, but uh, and and again the the, the again my Father's Day gift. Um, a couple years ago, or maybe last year, was a digital meat thermometer with four different probes in it. So every piece of meat has a probe in it, and you can you can dial it all in, you know, perfectly. So I think I have the perfect. If you're going to use charcoal, I think after all these years, I finally solved it. Right, the vertical insert, boom. The digital meat thermometer, boom. Bernays sauce, kaboom. Right, and asparagus. So, Mac, you, you're saying you use the charcoal that's recommended for the egg, right? No. I'll throw anything in there. A dead cat. No, see, I'll burn anything. Squirrels. I'll vermin. No, I mean, you got to use, it doesn't have to be the egg charcoal, but natural wood charcoal has the most even heat and lasts longest. Like, instead of Kingsford or shit like that, thought yeah. about that shit. I, you know what, I, I did, I used, I'm not going to lie to you, I did use Kingsford last time, it was what was open, and so I, I dumped all of it in. Here's what I'll tell you what's interesting, though, is because the charcoal is more vertical, and there's more of it, um, I had to allow it to burn down a little bit, you know what I mean? So it wasn't, there wasn't flame yeah. coming off it, which is, which... After a half hour. Yeah, which is, it, and, and so normally I would give it 30 minutes. This probably took closer to 45, to let it burn out it, so that... It, yeah, I believe if it. you if you use the natural wood charcoal, it is a little bit more expensive, but you lo- you use less. It burns way cleaner. You never have that taste. Sometimes, like if you have to use lighter fluid and all that shit, right. you never have that taste. So, my advice is use whatever you got left up, and then next time, b- buy the big industrial bag um, of natural wood charcoal it'll probably last you the season and you won't regret it you know well actually that's what's sitting on the backyard in fact it was sitting against the wall when i when i finished the bag that i have and so i'll do that this weekend and you know the other thing with that kind of charcoal when you're done cooking you can you can seal up the grill it'll go out and you can use that 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 wood again the next time and you don't have to constantly clean it out and whatnot so and it burns much cleaner too with much less ash so, but uh, say, Greg, Greg, I have yeah. a question. What sure. uh, 
What type of charcoal do you use? What flavor? Uh, I, I just use the natural one most of the time because I have a smoker. I have a, a specific Bradley smoker that's automatic, and I'm more of a – I like to use the apple wood or um, – yep. I, I stay away from hickory because I find it to be too harsh, um, yep. you know, for, for taste-wise. But if I'm doing, uh, like, pork butts, I'll rotate between pecan and um, – and the apple wood, because it's got a little more Beautiful. sweet to it. Do you do you Beautiful. drop any of your own stuff on it? I mean, a lot of people, you know, will take those chips and soak them in something. Do you do any of that? Well, these ones are, they're actually pucks. They come in a, a smaller than a hockey puck, and they're fed automatically every 20 minutes. So I just set oh. mine for whatever temperature, and depending on what I'm cooking, and... Uh, it goes automatically. No kidding. You know, Patrick, now that he's a homeowner, if you can believe that, um, <laughs> he bought his first uh, smoker, uh, I want to say, uh, a, a few weeks ago. And he, and he uh, had his uh, future in-laws over, and I think he smoked a pork shoulder for about six hours. He was... Uh-huh. He was so proud of himself. It was ridiculous. It was ridiculous. <laughs> now, now, you know, what most people don't realize is that when you smoke something, you don't want to put the smoke on for the entire six hours. Oh, really? No. Um, it, it could be over-smoked. So, you know, there's only so much smoke that meat can absorb, um, especially based on thickness. But if you have, a like, a pork butt, you know, that smoke ring and stuff like that. But um, they talk about that. But, you know, two to three hours at the most. And then what I do a lot of times is go without the smoke and wrap it up in tin foil and put it either in the oven because then uh, – or it depends. Like if i got a good temperature outside, then I know my smoker can stay consistent. Uh, but when you wrap it, that's what competition barbecuers do, and they they neglect to tell you that when you're looking at a piece of meat falling apart uh, on TV. Uh, but they wrap it up and put it in an oven, and what that does is break down the connective tissue based on steam and and you know the convection inside of that. And you already got the flavor of either the injection or with the smoke or the rub that you put on it. Because if you're cooking a, a, a big pork butt, I'm a firm believer in putting your rub on. I got this pig powder that I've been using since I don't know how long I ordered it online. It's just called pig powder. And uh, I go 24 to, to 30 hours in the refrigerator wrapped in cellophane minimum 24 hours before I smoke something and I obviously pull it out and bring it to room temperature or close to it before I put it in the smoker. Wow, you sounded like a medical surgeon right there describing your your cooking. No, that's just trial and error and fail, that's failure too. <laughs> <laughs> what is your uh, favorite thing to grill, Kim? Uh well, uh, I've been rethinking that, <laughs> and Greg's got me all over the chicken. Oh, I uh, love that. The chicken, splitting it in half, taking the backbone out, and 
putting a brick on it or a yep. piece of steel. And uh, but before that, it was a stake. Yeah, yeah. Beth, Beth makes a uh, a wet Jamaican rub that we uh, oh. picked up in uh, in Jamaica, and uh, she'll rub it like that, put it in the fridge, and then we'll we'll grill it. Butterfly. And butterfly. And uh, does it have, have scotch bonnet in it? Does it have scotch bonnet? Yes, a little bit of scotch bonnet. Yes, yes, it does. Oh, oh yeah, that's tasty. That is tasty. It's out of this world. She makes the best uh, Jamaican rub, uh, wet rub. You can do dry rubs or wet rubs, but the way we learned in Jamaica was the wet rub, because that's how they do it. And uh, they'll rub it up and put it in a five-gallon bucket uh, overnight. And then pull it out and throw it on the grill, half a chicken at, at a time. And uh, we just love that. But we, we, yeah, yeah, they, they cover it with a metal sheet. And uh, it just keeps the smoke in from the grill. And uh, they cook it bone side down to start. So that's your favorite? That's, that's your favorite now? Yeah, it is. It, it pretty much is. Uh, but I, I, I still love steak. Believe me. Yeah, you I know, I love I, a big, I, a big thick ribeye or a porterhouse. It doesn't matter. Yeah, I become, I become a fillet guy, and I don't know why. If I, if I associate fillet with Bernays now, and I just, and, and I love that meal. Um, but yeah. I, I, uh, and I, I wasn't a fillet guy. Um, I've never been you a player. You're a ribeye guy. Yeah, I'm a ribeye guy. And uh, and so, interesting. And so, Greg, you're still, of all the things you could you could put on a grill, chicken still? No, no, no. That, that's one that I go to a lot. But my ultimate is once a year, um, because they're so expensive, I actually get it from your neck of the woods, is I order five pounds of spot prawns and they are whole, whole like a basically it's like a mini lobster but it's a shrimp but they're about six to nine inches they come in live um and they are one of the sweetest sweetest meats ever but what i do is i put a um a stick through them um, so that they remain straight and they're easy to turn. Uh, but I make a chimichurri, I make a chimichurri with rosemary, thyme, olive oil, garlic, a little bit of red pepper flake, and I put, base those on there, let them sit overnight, um, and then reserve some of the chimichurri for after. But when you put them on the grill, a very short amount of time, and you yeah. pull them apart, pull them apart like a crayfish, except they're exceptionally bigger, and then suck out all the all the head fat and all the inside. I mean, it is like yep. meat but meat butter inside, and and there there's only a certain season for them. I mean, you I, I go to actually Catalina um, Seafood, which is out of San Diego, Mac. Yeah. And uh, they are expensive. They're like 40 bucks a pound. Uh, but like I said, it, it's once a year. That's with shipping. And I'm in North Dakota, so you, obviously right. a little bit cheaper um, there. But I don't care. It's a once a year thing. And um, I try to time it so the kids are not home. 
Um, but in inevitably, they see the giant cooler sitting on the thing and, and know what time it is. What? Uh, how many per pound, Greg? Probably six, five, six, five or six. Five yeah, or six. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I thought. And they, Mac, have you ever had a spot prom? Boy, I have. I, ha- I, yeah. I can't. I can't tell you that I have. Oh my God, Mac! Go, go even if they're frozen. Go. To, you got lots of places where you live that you could go get them. They are, and especially on your egg, and you can look up best spot prawn recipes and look for one with a 4.9 or five star and with at least a hundred reviews on uh, food network or wherever. And you could kind of look at the recipe and say, Oh, I, I probably would like that. But my chimichurri with the fresh herbs and the olive oil, yep. it's not overpowering. And with that sweet, sweet meat, I mean, there is nothing but shells flying everywhere when they come off the grill. <laughs> And and the thing is about cooking shrimp in the shell, folks, is that it keeps the moisture in. They cook faster, and yep. and they're just—it's a whole different flavor when you cook shrimp in the shell. The and, biggest and the head-on and the head-on because Greg is right. When you rip that head off first, then you uh, suck the the brains out. And whatever's in there, and yeah. there's a little meat too. Uh, it, it's exquisite. The biggest uh, mistake people make with shrimp—I don't care if you're boiling them, uh, roasting them, whatever—it doesn't matter. Barbecuing them—is they cook it way, way too long. Like, oh, I will God, get, yes. I, yeah, I will get, uh, you know. Uh, 10 to 15 shrimp per pound the 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 ones they call 10 to 15s and i will get some rolling boiling water salted water and i will literally put a timer on for one minute and then pull them uh give them a quick ice bath stop the cooking and they are the most succulent shrimp because you guys have both eaten rubbery shrimp, and yeah. that just means people cook them way too long. Right, right, right. right. I, that I, was a pet peeve for me. Overcooking I, shrimp. Uh, there should be a shrimp police to arrest you if you overcook <laughs> it. Because uh, how, so, how would with, you, with, Kim? How would you cook it at your restaurant? Oh, I would uh, cook it in a cast iron skillet, and. Uh, and I dress it with garlic and uh, salt and pepper, olive oil, and uh, I'd throw it uh, with the uh, garlic side down. I I'd, I'd split them so they they butterfly them, right? Uh, so they lay flat, and and they still curl up a little bit of the tail. But the way Greg does it with the whole shrimps and the shell mm-hmm. by putting a stick through them to keep them straight, right. that is the way to cook shrimp. But for me at Sanders, now do you flip? Uh, do you, do you, so, Greg, do you flip them? You, I mean, yeah, you just turn turn them once. Right. That's it. Yeah. Yep. But but Kim's shrimp at Sanders were always. Like you would get if you had pasta or you added shrimp to your steak, you'd get like four, four or five, like huge shrimp where you'd have to. It wasn't like I mean I could put the whole thing in my mouth, but I got a big yap. But normally you'd have to cut them because they were so big. Right. And those were eight to a pound. 
Yeah, those are monsters. Eight to ten per pound. And Greg, you're talking about five to six. So yeah, you know how big they are. Yeah, yeah. That's that's why if you go look online, spot prawns they they come from real cold parts of the Pacific Ocean, and and they're like I said, they're only open for such a season because they're so delicate and so precious, and that's why they're expensive. But the taste is above shrimp and well I, I would put them up against lobster as far as sweetness especially if you got a fresh lobster yeah. but it, they are marvelous mac i mean you you honestly you should try them just for yourself got it and again what how would they what do they be labeled as just spot fronds like yeah, you can look it up. Just look up spot prawns, and there's se- several so. Purveyors. So, w- what is the difference between, say, shrimp, um, crayfish, and prawns? Well, I mean, I don't know where the species, but there's several. Like Florida has pink shrimp. Uh, they're a warm water shrimp. They're different than the ones they catch in Louisiana, based on the tides. Um, what they're eating, you know, stuff like that. So, I mean, it's all based on the location of where they shrimp or where they catch the shrimp. That's the difference in taste. Spot prawns are from, like I said, real cold, deep regions, and they feed on some of the that the Gulf Stream that comes down from Alaska and stuff like that. That it's just tons of food, and and they're just. It, it enhances the flavor is the best way I could describe it. I used to get my spotted shrimp, my spot shrimp from uh, Port Townsend. My friend had sent them to me fresh. And oh. they'd go out to Nia Bay, which is on the end of the uh, Olympic Peninsula, right as uh, the uh, Straits of Juan de Fuca come into the uh, the Puget Sound from the ocean, yeah. and uh, the na- the Native Americans would catch them and sell them, uh, and he'd go out and get them. He had a friend out there, and they'd call him, and he'd go get them. And uh, they they were uh, they were about uh, ten to twelve per pound, but uh, uh, not quite as big as yours, um, Greg. But Equally as delicious and flavorful, and I'd get them the next day, and uh, I'd be in the front row. <laughs> you know, you know who got me hooked on the Mac was Phil Lamru when I visited him in Alaska with my wife. He had a buddy that owned a boat. He had a buddy that owned a boat, and he took us out to see the glaciers and stuff, and then he surprised us because each each um, Alaska resident can have two shrimp pots and so he had set out the shrimp pots the day before and we went and it was 240 feet of water and you put rope rope on the winch and up comes this these shrimp and there was like four or five in the in the basket and i could not believe the size and i went in and grabbed one um ripped it open peeled the the tail and just shoved it in my mouth 
And the guy's like, oh, you've eaten shrimp before. I said, oh, my God. People pay, people pay hundreds of dollars for sushi that fresh. And it was the most, oh, it was so memorable. Makes my mouth water. Yeah, no, the, story, the, the stories you hear about, about any kind of fish in Alaska, whether it's freshwater or saltwater, are jaw-dropping. Let me just read you this. Crayfish and prawns are both crustaceans, but prawns have branching gills and live in salt water, and crayfish have feather-like gills and live in fresh water. Flavor-wise, a crawfish or crayfish tastes more like lobster. Prawns taste more like shrimp, though they're smaller and sweeter. So somebody, yep. somebody, somebody's version of that whole spectrum uh, of eating. Um, but uh, no, interesting, interesting. Here's, here's an email. Can we go back to Mac's little gadget thing? Are there, <laughs> ga- are there grill gadgets that you guys use that you would recommend to all of us? Greg, you have any gadgets that you would recommend to people? Uh, you know, I'm very simple, Mac. I'm like you. I got a meat thermometer with a wireless probe that has got an app on my phone so I can set an alarm for um, temperature um, or time based when when you turn something or when it's coming to heat because, again, overcooking something or undercooking something is never pleasant. So when you have um, different kinds of steaks, like, you know, your daughter's got filet, but maybe one's a little bit thicker or wider and this and that, it's very difficult if somebody wants medium to medium rare um, to be on the money when you have different sizes. So a thermometer, one of the things I would say is they got so many um, cooking on a clean grate is one yeah. of the things I think people um, neglect, a lot of guys use wire brushes. I will never use wire brushes because of the wires that fall off and get stuck and it launch, it you know goes into the food. Um, but I clean, I burn off after I'm done cooking, uh, set the grill on high and burn it off and, and do a good cleaning uh, with my grill brush that's actually wooden and it's got these slots in it. Um, but I regularly take it out and soap and water or soak it in a soap and water bath and stuff like that. And I know that sometimes, you know, in my smoker, I leave the trays because it's got the flavor to it. Um, but when you're going from shrimp to chicken or chicken to steak or you have a heavy marinade or something like that and you leave it on and it cooks on and then you put on a burger and stuff, sometimes you can, especially like that jerk chicken Kim's talking about, it'll influence your other dishes, and I'm not a big fan of that. So I think a good grill brush or cleaning device uh, with a thermometer. I mean, we're talking, Kim talks about the brick uh, with foil around it for the chicken. That's one of the easiest, cheapest meals to feed the most people you could do. So you don't have to get too extensive, um, but... Uh, if you, you know, have the divider thing because you want to cook in direct heat, that's an excellent one. But there's so much bullshit out there. I mean, there's a lot of things you don't need. Yeah, I'll tell you what. I I was surprised when I just, you know, if you just do a search on grill accessories, you'll be blown away. Um, oh, yeah. I, you know, let me. Here's what I do with my grill, and 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 tell me what you think of it. But I don't clean it like I. So it's a natural grill. 
I mean, after I'm done cooking, I'm eating, and then I just close the grill down. When I fire it up the next time, you know, I do it with, uh, so the big flame, right, after you first start the charcoal, I rotate the grill into that, and I burn everything off, right? Yeah. I do have a wire brush, and I scrape the grill while while that's happening, so I so I get it clean. And then I have a uh, I have a rag that sits next to that sits on my grill, and uh, I open it up. I pour olive oil in it, and then I coat the grill with olive oil. Uh, yeah, that's good. Good, Kim. Yeah, I I'm I'm with Greg. I crank my grill up to six fifty, and uh, shut the lid and let it go for a half an hour, and uh, burn everything off. And then I have. Uh, a copper wire brush with about a three foot handle and I go to work on it and uh, and make sure the crevices everything that if, if there is anything left but it's just brushed off and then I take I uh, the grill has been turned off by now and then I take a, uh, a former towel and I fold it up and I pour olive oil on it. And then I rub the grill down with that uh, olive oil. And so it's all ready to go the next time you turn your grill on. You just crank it up, let it come to heat, whatever temperature you want, and that's it. But you gotta, you gotta, uh, I'm a true believer in burning everything off right after you use the grill. Yeah, I can't do that though. Yeah, I, I mean, I can't. The tur- only accessory I, if, if you, I if have. You don't, if you don't have propane, you can't do yeah. that. So yeah, no, l- let me ask you that. this: Do you guys? I mean, went before you cooked, do you guys? Do you guys rub the the grill surface down with with olive oil or anything, or spray it? You, you bet. I yep. do. I absolutely do. Got it. All right. All right. Any any other gadgets that you would that you would recommend, Kim? <clears throat> Uh, the only gadget I have is the little uh, with my Weber is the little box that holds my wood chips, and uh, and I soak my wood chips for about a half an hour, and put it in the box, and then uh, when I start the grill, it takes a while for uh, the grill to uh, get to the wood chips and and kind of burn them down and and start to smoke them. And then when it's out there, there's just ashes in there, but I'm like, Greg, I don't like to smoke, uh, too long. Uh, you don't need it. You just need to enough to, uh, flavor your meat or chicken or whatever you're cooking. And, uh, and then leave it alone. You know, uh, Mac, when you start to get really used to your egg, you need a smoke chip canister, and you could make one if you want out of a, you know, but they sell them obviously at the, the grill accessories. And you could start with the wood chip thing to add flavor to normal chicken or uh, pork chops or whatever. You won't believe the difference um, in putting that little bit of smoke on your meat um, and, and how it changes things. And it's kind of neat to experiment. Uh-huh. You know, I haven't, I, I, I haven't, I have yet to do that, so I will. I'll, uh, um, this is kind of a secret, but Patrick's going to be out here for Colleen's graduation. 
and well, uh, nice. great. Yeah, so uh so yeah, Colleen going to her last day of high school today and she takes a couple finals on Monday and Tuesday. And she's a grown ass woman. And uh and so uh so uh I head up to actually Montana next week and then uh a couple times and I come back for a graduation, then I go back up and then I head to Hawaii. Um but while Patrick's here Maybe we'll do that. Maybe we'll do a little smoking because uh, he's gotten into it. I said, does this make you a foodie like your brother? <laughs> he goes, he says, no. I'm like, all right, I'm just checking. I'm That's just checking. Too bad. <laughs> he's like, Foodies are a good thing. Yeah, Patrick doesn't identify as a foodie. So, uh, yeah, I don't know why. I don't know why, but he doesn't. Um, actually, and my uh, my... One of my nephews, he renounced his loyalty to the Giants because he first now he's taken on hating them. I said, "Yeah, you can't do that. They're your team." He says, "No, I identify Padres now." I said, "What? Oh, stop it!" <laughs> but let me tell you, I thought that shit was hilarious. I said, "You know what? I have to give it to you, man. You can identify Padres if you want to. Besides, that guy hits that guy Tatis." He hits home runs like it's nothing, and he's he's a wiry guy. I mean, he's not a behemoth of a man, and that guy generates see, so much bat see, speed. It's amazing. Did you see his home run yesterday that wasn't supposed to be a home run? <laughs> no, no, I didn't. I don't, I had yeah, talking to a guy, friend of mine at the game. He was telling me. Oh, it was in and out of the, the center fielder's glove. Oh. You got to take a look at the highlights. But you know, I mean, he blows his shoulder out in a swing. It's almost like his his swing is so it's stronger than his body can support. Does that make sense? And yeah. He, and he blo- I'd rather I'd rather watch Guerrero. Which, oh, the what guy from Toronto? Hey, yes, Vladimir. Oh. How about your Leafs, man? No, I'm a Habs fan, and you know that. <laughs> the, the Leafs, what the hell, man? Up, Shitting it down their leg. <laughs> up three to one. Oh, my God. And you could see it coming, too, right? You could see and it the Habs, the Habs, now that they suspended Shifley, their Winnipeg's best player, they got a chance. <laughs> nice. Nice. Well, we will see the NHL playoffs. Underway as we speak. My Kings, not so much a part of it again. Anyway. And again, Greg's wife, Heather and I, right, used to, uh, we used to be Kings fans together. But because Heather's one of the great front runners of all time, right, and she's broken her ankle jumping off different bandwagons so often, she has no bone or cartilage there anymore. She just jumps <laughs> off and it's good. It's jello. It's jello. Jello ankles, right? <laughs> jello ankles. Yeah. I'm rooting for the Kings when they're winning Stanley Cups. And truth be told, a very good friend of Greg's, uh, Matt Green, is uh, was the captain of the Kings. And, uh, oh, my God, Heather was, like, all over it. And then the next year... What was she? She was like Minnesota Wilds. Yeah, how about my Wild Mac? I'm like, yeah, what yeah. the fuck? She's the like- only thing, <laughs> the only thing better in the summer than partying with the Stanley Cup is doing it twice. Yeah, how about that? Oh, it was so fun. Right? No, you see guys like that who you met. They're young guys in college, you know, and and you got a chance to meet them, and then you see them rise to the highest levels, you know, of. Uh, 
you know, of athletic competition and, and have success like that and, and whatnot. So it's awesome stuff. Awesome stuff. Wonderful. All right, boys. Uh, any big plans for the weekend, Greg? No, I'm, I'll just be inside and, and bathe in ice. <laughs> Kim, yeah. what, what about you? Big plans for the weekend? Uh, not really. I'm just going to stay cool. Got a family Zoom on Sunday. Every Sunday we we uh, do the my Zoom. Sister and other sister, my brother and I have a little Zoom that's for an cool. hour. Yeah. And uh, cool. my sister Jenna has got uh, terminal brain cancer. So how's she doing? We, oh, sorry, we, we cheer her up and uh, and uh, tell jokes and do stupid shit and uh, and uh, it's. It's very sad, but... Uh, no, hey, it's as good as it gets, though, right? I mean... Uh, yeah, it is. And, you take what you got, right. and you run with it. And again, um, you know, again, I, I think too often, you know, we... Uh, I don't know, we, we... I don't know how to say this. You know, we lament, you know, that it can't go on forever. And, but, you know, I mean, Kim, I mean, your family's still intact. Um, all these years yep. and, 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 and a great run and it's terribly sad, but I mean, the only thing left is to, is to make it great. And, you know, God bless you guys for, for doing that. And, and it's, it's the way it should be. And it's the way family should be. So, uh, yeah. so nice going. And, and I know that shit's it's, hard. It's very but... cool to have a family, uh, still together and. Oh, um, right. Exceedingly you know. rare too. Exceedingly yeah. rare. So anyway, all right, boys. Well, thanks for doing this. Have a great, uh, have a great weekend. I'll talk to you next Friday. How about you? All right. What do you Take care. I, I'm finishing put, putting in a floor in Colleen's bedroom. I have to do the trim. Yeah. It's a like float. It's like a laminate floor I put down because, um, a hose I had, I had the pressure on, on a hose in the backyard and I had a little hand squirter thing. I didn't shut yeah. the, the pressure off. It got to oh, be no. like 85. The hose was dog shit cheap. And it explodes, right? Well, neither Colleen nor I are home. It and the place where it, it it bursts happens to be right in front of the sliding door of her bedroom, which is open oh. with the screen door shut, and floods the carpet. Oh, no. Yeah, floods the carpet in her bedroom. So let me tell you. Oh, so God. I had to record an interview, and and so you know, Colleen says, "What do we do?" And I said, "We pull the carpet out." And so I pull up. I pull up one corner just to see how wet it is and the pad. And I said, Hey, I've got to do this interview. You know, we'll pull this out when we're done. So when I get done with the interview, I go walk in the bedroom. She had yanked the carpet up and the pad and had thrown it outside. Good for her. I was like, exactly. I was like, fuck. Yes. That's how you know you raise a good kid. Right, right. Yep. your daughter yanks up the carpet and the pad, and we all know how nasty that shit is, right? Dirty, oh, nasty. God. I was like, "Yeah, Colleen, you just went to number one on the hit parade out of four. Boom. Yeah, so. <laughs> I'm not afraid to rank my kid. It is a competitive event. So anyway, yeah, yeah I'm right. So I got to finish that, and uh, and then uh, not too much. Uh, I don't think too much got going on. Getting ready to go up right, to Montana. We'll... So, yeah, have a good week, guys. All right. You take too. care, guys. Love you. All right. See you. Love you guys. Bye-bye. Uh, there you have it. That is uh, Kim Holmes and Greg Lotus talking food. Yeah. How about that? The, um, yeah, Patrick, he didn't want to be a foodie.
Not sure why. Probably because his brother is. Anyhow, um, have a great weekend. First weekend of summer. I, yeah, it's kind of weird, the heat up in the in the central part of the country. Where does it come from? Did it? I mean, it doesn't. That kind of heat doesn't come from the north. But I didn't see Seattle having a heat wave. Portland, San Francisco. I didn't see any of that. So odd, to say the least. So anyhow, um, hope you have a good weekend. I'm Mike McNamara, the All Marine Radio on the All Warrior Radio Network. Hope you're. Uh, Hope you and yours are doing well. If I can help you help somebody else, don't be afraid to reach out. Uh, it's uh, it's what I do. And uh, and I, I said uh, yesterday that uh, another post-traumatic winning seminar starts on June 29th. If you want to be a part of that, don't be afraid. Uh, all you got to do is shoot me an email. And uh, I'll put your name on the list. And, and you will... Uh, You'll be in. So, on a Friday, have a great one. I'm out.